0: Hey, Bible Y'all. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Sunday, January 7th. Happy Harlem Globetrotters Day, which celebrates the Harlem Globetrotters basketball team. Go figure. And if you don't know, the Trotters are an exhibition team that combines trick shots and comedy to put on a really entertaining show that's more of a parody around ball than anything else and they're good at it. They've been around since 1927 and hold a bunch of trick shot records. Google them, they're something else. You know what team they always play? The Washington Generals. And before the game, the Generals coach always gets interviewed and he's like, yeah, we've been practicing really hard and we really think we can beat them this time. And then the Trotters come out and do a bunch of crazy moves that'd get you tossed from an NBA game and stomp the Generals like three million to nothing. And they interview the coach again and he's like, well, the darn ref should have called fouls and we'll get him next time. And what they never tell you is it's all fake, like wrestling or government, where we're also given just two teams to root for. The Democrats who are usually presented as the fun hip bunch with all the smart and funny people and the Republicans who are basically all like Snidely Whiplash. And most of the time the Dems run rings around the Republicans who have pretty much no kind of clue what's going on. But, what they don't tell you is, it's all fake. I mean, they do hate each other, that part's real. But, both political parties are just two high-ranking organizations in the same beast system. And they lie about opposing each other and serving the people. That's why, no matter who's in charge, budgets always get bigger, dollars get smaller, wars go on forever, and nobody ever goes to jail. While the Trotters and the Generals keep getting away with murder. So maybe what we ought to do is put our faith in God instead of politicians or round ball players. Our reading for today is Genesis 16, 1 through 18:15, Matthew 6, 1 through 24, Psalm 7, 1 through 17, and Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. So if y'all are ready, and I know we've covered the trotters before, but that's the cool thing about doing a Bible in a year podcast and starting over in January. You get to reuse all of last year's bits. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 6th, in the Old Testament, we read Genesis 13.5-15.21, through 15, and in the last chapter, when we left off, Abe and Sarai had headed into Egypt to find food, and to keep from being killed, he made her tell the Egyptians she was his sister, which she was, but that's not the real story. So, just like the news media, it's possible to lie with facts. (laughs) But Pharaoh sees her and buys her off him. And chapter 12, verse 16 says, And he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he-asses and men-servants and maid-servants and she-asses and camels. And I didn't bring this up yesterday, but here's an interesting quandary. Selling off his wife like that seems like a really dirty thing to do. Except God had already told him he was going to be the father of a ginormous nation, even though Sarai was barren. So maybe Abe had really strong faith, and knew that if God said they were going to have kids, God would figure out a workaround for this. And cool, I'm down with that. But, if Abe had such a strong faith, why was he so afraid of getting killed in the first place? So y'all can work that one out on your own, but keep it in mind because we're going to see that same logic come into play after Isaac is born. Anyway, it goes bad for Pharaoh, and they end up getting run out of Egypt. Pharaoh don't even want his money back. And in chapter 13, verse 1 says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. Which is not true. They headed back to Canaan, which is modern Israel, and to Bethel eventually, where he built that altar. And that's to the northeast of Egypt. The word translated into the south is Ba which is to the Negev. And Negev means south. But it means specifically the area to the south of Israel. And I bring this up, number one, to point out that this is not an error in the Bible. And B, the Bible is very Jew-centric. Everything in it is seen through the lens of how it affects Israel. If it doesn't affect Israel, the Bible don't care. And when we get to the prophecies of the coming world empires in Daniel, this will come up again. Anyway, verse 2. Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold and people too. He had a lot of staff. And so did Lot. So much so that the land couldn't bear them all. And there was strife between the two families over grazing and water and just being on top of each other like that. So they had to divide and spread out. So Abe generously gave Lot first refusal. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abe stayed in Canaan, while Lot headed east toward Sodom and settled in that city. And verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. The Lord didn't talk to Abraham about this until Lot split. That's interesting. And verse 18 says, Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Notice, everywhere he goes, he builds altars. And in chapter 14, this is where we have what they call the Battle of Nine Kings. And y'all can study that out on your own, but I just want to point out that this was a Shem versus Ham thing. The Shemite kings were Amraphel, Elisar, Chedorlaomer, and Tidal. And the Hamites were Bera, Bersha, Shinab and Shemeber. And there was apparently some kind of deal where those kings served Chedorlaomer for 12 years and in the 13th year came and they rebelled and Chedorlaomer won. But in the process, they took Lot captive from out of Sodom. And verse 13 says, and there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew. And this is the first mention of the word Hebrew. And the word means crossed over like they crossed over the Euphrates River. Or maybe they crossed over from spiritual death to life, which is what I'm going with. And verse 14, And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he was not amused. And he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan, or where Dan would be later on. So Abe was such a big shot, he already had a trained standing army of 318 guys. And all they needed to do was arm up. So how many people are in his entourage? Like five or ten thousand? But anyway, he won. Chedorlaomer had just beat four kings, but Abe took him down. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. And that's double tough. But Abe's got that curse them, that curse thee thing going on. So there's that. In verse 17, the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer, which I'll bet, Abe just did what they couldn't. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed Abraham, and Abe tithed to him. He brought bread and wine. That's interesting. And this whole verse is deep. Melchizedek, which means king of righteousness, was the king of Salem, which is Jerusalem later on. And he was the priest of the Most High God. So how do we have a priest of the Most High God when Abe's the only one he's talking to right now? And the priesthood ain't even been invented yet. Well, probably because there's a lot more going on than we've been told. Also, in Judaism, kings could not be priests or vice versa. The only one who is both is Jesus. And then also the church after the marriage supper in Revelation. And here's something else. Melchizedek's birth and death are not recorded. And I'm not saying he wasn't born or didn't die. I'm just saying that it wasn't recorded, which is telling. And Abe tithes to him, which indicates he has some rank. And if he outranks Abe then he outranks the Levites who descended from Abe. And some people say this is an actual Christophany, that this is actually Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. But I doubt it. He's probably a regular man, which makes him a type of Christ. Anyway, in the last chapter, verse 13, I didn't mention it, but we were told that the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So when the king of Sodom came out to thank Abe for taking care of business, he said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. But Abe's like, nah, I know about y'all. And I just as soon not have nothing to do with you. And I don't want you going around saying you made me rich. I lift my hand to the Most High God. And if I'm going to be rich, it's going to be because of him. So other than what my men already ate, I don't want nothing from you. Because Abe is a man of faith. And in chapter 15, after all of that goes down, the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, you got it exactly right, Abe. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. So, he and God have a conversation about how Abe is childless, and if I die, everything's going to go to my personal secretary, Eliezer of Damascus. But God's like, trust me, Abe, don't get ahead of things. I brought you this far, I'll see you through. And God has him do this ritual that was customary back then for making covenants or big important deals. They'd sacrifice an animal, and they'd split it in two, and the two parties would walk in a figure eight between it while they negotiated. So God tells him to get a cow, a goat, a lamb, a dove and a pigeon and set this all up. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. What's that mean? Don't know. But he was asleep and couldn't walk between the pieces. But God could and did. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And God said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And he's referring to the captivity in Egypt, which they were there for 430 years, but the first 30, they weren't slaves. And he says, And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance, which we'll get to in Exodus. But the fact that Abram was asleep and couldn't walk through the pieces with God, means this whole covenant is a one-sided contract. Everything that happens is going to be all God's doing and not any of the Jews.
1: So women were considered property in this culture. Satan hates women. I mean, remember the curse? And I think Abram was simply a product of his culture. So passing his wife off to save his life was an option. And he did ask her and she agreed with the plan. He was a man of faith, but he was impacted by the culture. God corrected that situation with the Jews. Women were not considered property. So we have the covenant in chapter 15 that Bible we all, Paul just talked about too. And all Abram did was lay out the sacrifices God directed. And then he went to sleep because it's one-sided. Abram had nothing to offer, no power to uphold an agreement. Just like us, God's faithful. That's why we're righteous.
0: And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew five twenty-seven through 48. And we're still in the Sermon on the Mount, and that's radical preaching. And when we left off, he just said being angry is as bad as committing murder. And here he starts out by saying, just looking at a woman to lust after her is the same as adultery. So is divorcing your wife for that matter. So all y'all in trouble. And verse 29 says, So if you can't keep your eyes or your hands to yourself, gouge them out, chop them off. Better to be lame in heaven than whole in hell. And I do not believe he was speaking figuratively. I think he literally meant cut your hands off. Now, I don't think he meant for that to be plan A, but you get the point. Then he talks about how the Jews love to swear oaths on heaven or Jerusalem or your own head. But don't do that. Just let your communication be yea, yea, or nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And then he said, ye have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Which, hey, a quality of justice. That's a great leap forward in jurisprudence. But I'm going to do you one better. Resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also, something I myself have trouble getting my head around. (laughs) And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain, which refers to Roman law that a soldier could legally compel any citizen to carry his stuff for him for one mile. But my children go the extra mile. And he said, ye have heard it said, love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. Well, guess what? My children love their enemies, too. Just like their father in heaven, who makes the sun rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. God loves the evil people too. Then verse 48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. And according to the Benson commentary, this would be better translated, Ye shall therefore be perfect, as your father which is in heaven is perfect. It's a promise, not a command. Which, I hope that's correct, because I don't think I'm capable of being perfect like God is perfect. I mean, I can't even quit junk food. (laughs) But if it's more about doing the stuff in that list, well, that's more manageable. That gives me something I can work with. I can maybe take care of some of that some of the time.
1: Well, the beast can have his dead bucket list. We have a happy living list. Just being willing to consider the possibility of this kind of happiness sets us apart without Even trying.
0: And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 6, 1 through 10. And that's a Psalm of David. And he's praying for mercy again. He says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me. For in death, there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? You want me to praise you? Can't praise you if I'm dead. (laughs) Of course, he said it with way more tact. And he closes with a profession of faith, like he does all the time. He says, The Lord hath heard my supplication and the Lord will receive my prayer. And most of these David Psalms are a great pattern for that kind of prayer.
1: And here's another little tidbit of prayer. In verse 10, this is the complete Jewish Bible. All my enemies will be confounded, completely terrified. They will turn back and be suddenly put to shame. Now there's a good prayer.
0: And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 1, 29 through 33. And I'm not going to read it. It's still wisdom calling from the street. And basically, she says, if you hate knowledge and don't fear the Lord, you're not going to like having to lay in that bed you make for yourself. And it's kind of like I always say, in my experience, almost everybody gets almost everything they ask for almost all the time. It's almost never what they want, but it's what they ask for.
1: And we see that the fear of the Lord must be chosen in order to hear wisdom. If we listen to wisdom, we will dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Fearing the Lord silences that anxiety, that worry, that fear of bad news, and makes you do stupid things. All that fear makes us sick. And there's nothing noble about fearing evil, fearing bad things, and just simply worrying. It's stupid. It's foolish.
0: But that's the end of our review of Yesterday's Study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for January 7th is Genesis 16:1 through 18:15. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing; I pray thee, go in unto my maid; it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai, and Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Beer Lahairoi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son. And Abram called his son's name which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. Chapter 17 And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram, and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant which ye shall keep. Between me and you and thy seed after thee, every man-child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man-child in your generations, he that is born in the house, or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face, and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget. And I will make him a great nation, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day, as God had said unto him. And Abraham was ninety years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised, and Ishmael his son. And all the men of his house, born in the house, and bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. Chapter 18 And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Our reading in the New Testament for January 7th is Matthew 6, 1-24. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men, to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites, of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness! No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Our reading in Psalms for January 7th is Psalm 7, 1-17. through Shigayon of David, which he sang unto the Lord concerning the words of Cush the Benjamite, O Lord, my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me, lest he tear my soul like a lion. Rending it in pieces, while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands, if I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I have delivered him that without cause is mine enemy, let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Yea, let him tread down my life upon the earth, and lay mine honor in the dust. Selah. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger, lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies, and awake for me to the judgment that thou hast commanded. So shall the congregation of the people compass thee about. For their sakes, therefore, return thou on high. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, and according to mine integrity that is in me. O let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God trieth the hearts and reigns. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not... He will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordained his arrows against the persecutors. Behold, he travaileth with iniquity, and hath conceived mischief, and brought forth falsehood. He made a pit, and digged it, and is fallen into the ditch which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down on his own pate. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And our reading in Proverbs for January 7th is Proverbs 2, 1-5. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And that's it for the 7th. Okay y'all, let's do our 30 second meditation. Today's prayer is about 1 John 4.1, which says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on always being prepared for that battle, cause prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, There are so many wolves in sheep's clothing that seek to harm your children. Your word instructs us to test what we hear against your word, so that their teachings can be clearly seen as false. We also know, Lord, that every spirit that does not confess Christ is come in the flesh is of Antichrist. Help us, Father, to study your word that we may always have proofs in our minds, and grant us discernment that we may recognize wickedness and boldly prepare for battle through study and prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible y'allin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, what I really need for you to do is to pray. For me and Bible Y'all Squaw and all our friends and family. And if you got anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at Podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try to avoid making them worse. Thanks everybody and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible Y'all. Amraphel, Elisar, Chedorlaomer, and Tidal. Bera, Bersha, Shinab, Shemeber, and Shemeber. That's going to take some editing to fix.